Life isn't about avoiding the bruises. It's about collecting the scars to prove that we showed up for it. Join Nikki Seberini for the next hour as she explores heroism through illness. There is a warrior inside each of us. This is LifeLinks with the DL Link. LifeLinks is a funding initiative of the DL Link. Well, welcome, welcome to the show, the DL Link show on 101.9 Chai FM. This is the show where we connect you through insights, information and illumination. Welcome to it. It's wonderful to have you on board for the next hour. Um, and uh, wow, the 21st of December 2023. Always asking the question, where did the time go? So maybe you're on holiday listening to the show, maybe you're driving down, perhaps you're still working and maybe, you know, you're not going to be <coughs> going on holiday, just going to chill wherever it is that you are. Just really wishing you so much joy and laughter and peace and love this time of the year, because it really is the time when just for a couple of days at least we can just let our hair down and relax. And I hope that's what it's going to be like for you. Each and every week, we bring you inspiring stories. We bring you insightful information. Um, and we get to see how connected we all are. Um, and this show, no different. Um, we are really looking forward to our first guest, um, Edward Chamberlain-Bell, who is a content creator. He himself is a radio presenter. He's a restaurant promoter. He's best known for Come Dine With Me and Ultimate Brian Master. Um, and uh, Edward, it's lovely to have you on the show today. Welcome, welcome. It is my pleasure and thank you for inviting me. Well, so, you know, Edward, I mean, we, you know, connect every now and then on social media. And I remember you posted on social media that you had been diagnosed with cancer. And I'm trying to remember how, was that a year ago? Was it just over a year ago, Edward? It was literally a year ago. It was just a year before ago. Christmas. Wow. Wow. And you, you've, on the 2nd of December, your treatment came to an end. So this has been, 2023 has been the year. But let's go go back because I know it took a long time for you to be diagnosed. Perhaps you can just share with our audience, you know, going for a barrage of tests and still not knowing what was going on. You know, initially I was consulting my doctor for a completely unrelated medical condition and nothing serious, but I just always had perpetual nausea so once in a blue moon if i happen to go see my doctor i just mention every now and again i've got nausea but it gradually escalated to the point where i actually made a specific appointment and i just told him i said you know nothing is working i've changed my diet i've tried the meds and i always have this low-grade sense of nausea so we did a couple of blood tests very basic blood tests sugar cholesterol whatever we had to do, and they all came back fine. We did a second series of blood tests, checking liver, thyroid, whatever, and they all came back fine. And I did have an ultrasound just to check that there weren't any blockages, and that came back fine. And it was just this one moment in time where my doctor told me, he said, well, all your tests have come back fine you know the big thing they say when you hit 50 everything's fine for your age and i thought well i don't know how comfortable <laughs> <laughs> so everything's fine for my age 
And I just said to my doctor, I said, you know, I don't really care what the test results are saying, but something is off. And he, his exact words were, if you feel like throwing money at the problem, we can do more tests. And it was one of those completely unrelated tests. I didn't even know what he was testing me for. And it came back with an indication. They never say it's cancer, but there was an indication of an underlying problem. Sorry, Edward, was this a blood test that he gave you? Was it a, just another blood test? These were all blood tests. So we did three, okay. ser three series of blood tests. Okay. Um, I know sometimes people say, well, why didn't they check for that first? But, you know, doctors also go conservatively with the yeah. information that yeah. they've got. So he recommended doing an MRI and was, again, completely unrelated. The MRI, we were checking for digestive issues. And completely unrelated, the MRI picked up a tumor, which didn't mean that I had cancer. It just meant that I had a tumor. So we then had to do more tests, this time more invasive, doing a biopsy just to confirm if the tumor was cancerous. And that's how we got the diagnosis. But in total, it took over a year. Wow. Unbelievable. And you feel when you were when you were told um edward that you had this tumor and that it was cancerous i mean was there on some level was there some kind of like thank god i at least know what it is i mean obviously a huge shock to the system what yeah what how did you process this all you know that is such a great question because over after a year of testing your mind goes places so yeah. I had asked myself, what if? And then I came to the conclusion, it probably is. So you've had all those internal conversations, but even up until the last minute when he gives you the results, I was still hoping he was gonna tell me it's not malignant. Um, and when he told me, he said, I'm just gonna tell you, he said, you've got cancer. And that literally knocked the wind out of my sails. I just thought, you know, despite hoping against everything, it just came back. And then to an extent, I thought, well, thank God, at least now we know what it is and we can begin treatment. Um, my other unrelated medical illness was actually a gluten intolerance and a sugar issue. And then I suddenly wished, I thought, oh God, I wish it was just gluten, um, mm. but it was, it was cancer. Mm, wow, wow. As you say, on the one hand, being so shocked, you know, your worst thing realized, really. And on the other hand, feeling, well, at last, there's something I can do about it. And so did it take you, Edward, um, did it take you time to come to terms with it? Have you have you come to terms with it? You know, where are you now with it? Or, and maybe you can just explain, uh, you know, how how you faced this this journey, this year long journey. I had already come to terms with it. I'd anticipated the worst and I'd had a long time to process it, thinking, well, these are all the options. And so when he told me, obviously it was a shock and it is literally, it's like everybody remembers where they were when JFK was shot. I remember that day. It mm -hmm. was a schism the day, but the second before I knew I had cancer and then the second after I knew I had cancer. And it's still, I mean, you know, 
everybody processes things differently, but it is still such a shock to the system because you never want to hear those words, mm. you have cancer. So on the one hand, I was relieved. I thought, okay, now we getting somewhere. So it took me a year to get to that diagnosis. And then I thought, well, what's the next step? And of course it was over Christmas. So we had to wait after Christmas to January, February to get a consultation with a specialist and then another month to get into surgery. So again, those goalposts keep getting pushed back. There's nothing you can do over the Christmas holidays. So I just thought, well, we're just gonna have to make the most of a bad situation. Yeah. One thing I'd like to add, what I found very interesting, I never felt anything and I never had any pain. And this is something I want to tell people. You won't necessarily feel that you've got cancer, which is why it is so important to go for pre-screening, to go for all those tests, because if you can't prevent it, early detection can at least minimize the impact or the chances of cancer spreading and even to this day it's been a year now i've never once had any pain from cancer completely painless flu actually felt a lot worse it mm. was the side effects from the medication and i think that's one thing that people overlook is they don't go for pre-screening they don't know that they've got cancer and if you do develop cancer and it must I can never get that word right, metastasizes, mm. and it spreads. The journey is going to be so much longer and so much harder. So I was very lucky. We caught it by chance. We caught it early, and we caught it before it could spread. Um, but still, it has been a year-long journey. Yeah, it's such an important point, Edward. You know, I mean, we talk to doctors, we talk about that early detection, really knowing your body. I think a lot of us accept a lot. I think it's very often fear driven. We don't want to go there. And then we just get used to being in pain or feeling nauseous or whatever it is. Um, and uh, yeah, time and again, we have people who share stories about having that early detection, you know, going in, going for those tests, as scary as it may seem, um, and and finding out, you know, in terms of your your journey and your treatment, because we're gonna we're gonna break for some ads. Um, after the after the ad break, um, Edward, perhaps you can just tell us, you know, what the doctor said. I mean, it sounds like you had to wait a while, as you said, for surgery to see the the specialist. But in terms of the prognosis, what the doctor told you, what kind of treatment, and what he thought the outcome would be. Um, yeah, and we'll we'll speak to that after the break. Please stay with us. Hi FM, your station of choice since two thousand and eight. Well, welcome back to the Deal Link Show on one hundred one point nine Hi FM. I had Edward Chamberlain Bell on the show today. He is a content creator. He's a radio presenter, restaurant promoter, known for "Come Dine with Me" and "Ultimate Bride Master." And he is a cancer warrior. Just over a year, well. A year ago, just before Christmas, he was diagnosed. He has had a year-long journey um, of treatment, um, and on the second of December was the end of his treatment. So, Edward, the prognosis: what did, what did the doctor tell you your journey would be like? My prognosis was they were very optimistic. Um, fortunately, the cancer had not spread; it was contained to a tumor. 
because we'd had a series of blood tests and we kept on monitoring certain elements, they could actually tell that the blood levels were like rising very rapidly. This is over a period of time, the various things that they had checked. And they said because it, it came out of nowhere and it developed so quickly, um, they decided to hit me with everything that they had. So I had brachytherapy, which is when they implant radioactive, radioactive beads inside the tumor. I was put on a cocktail of medication. The cocktail was quite interesting because the one drug suppresses the cancer and then the other drug suppresses all the side effects. So literally you are, don't know whether you are coming or going. I had a couple of other medications that I had to take. And then I also did a series of radiation, external radiation. And I do remember chatting, well, I, I spoke to so many specialists, um, but I do remember chatting to my GP and I said, I feel as though I've dodged a bullet. We have caught it just in time. And he said, you have no idea how lucky you are that hmm. we did find it and that it hasn't spread. And then also talking to, because, you know, I've got so many doctors, I don't know what their names are, what their job descriptions are. But between talking to my specialist um, and my surgeon and, and, well, everybody in general, and I just said, if the cancer is self-contained and it hasn't spread, why are you hitting it with every single therapy known to mankind? Mm -hmm. And they said we would rather not be conservative and take a chance. So we are literally going to smash it down to ground zero. So there's no chance that it can ever come back again. And they said, unfortunately, you're going to have to deal with the side effects, but it is better than taking a conservative approach. And, but interestingly enough, when you talk about what is the prognosis now, the goalposts keep moving because when I finished my radiation, I was supposed to go for more blood tests. They said, wait for 30 days because radiation can skew the numbers that they are checking. And then after I'd finished my medication, they said, wait another 30 days because the medication can skew the numbers that they are checking. Mm -hmm. And I don't know all the numbers and the names and the details. I know some people are very good with knowing everything i don't know anything it's just mm. like being thrown against the brick wall and trying to put the pieces together um so now it's christmas and they told me i have been speaking to my doctors telephonically and they said oh you know wait another 30 days because your meds are going to affect the numbers so i will go back in the middle of jan hopefully and we will do all the blood tests again. And we believe everything is going to be squashed down to zero. Everything should be where it should be. And it'll be another six months. Every six months I go for tests. And then after a year, I should be back to normal. Oh, please God, Edward. And uh, I suppose if your dog, if your doctors were overly concerned, they'd insist you go sooner. Um, wow, what a, what a, what an overwhelming year you've had as you've said with all of this treatment from surgery the BRCA the chemo the radiotherapy I mean as you say absolutely every everything so how would you describe your state of mind how is your heart how is your soul how how have you managed over this time 
you know, the only way that I can describe it to people, and I've never been a particularly religious person, but the only way I could describe it, it literally feels as though God has taken you and is crushing you into a thousand pieces, mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, creatively, because it hits every aspect of your life. Um, and interestingly enough, never physical pain. I was never in physical pain besides a minor inconvenience from surgery at the brachy and minor um, side effects from the chemo medication. I wasn't on chemotherapy, but just call it the okay. chemo medication um, or the cancer medication. So I was never in any pain, but falling asleep, waking up, my sense of smell, my sense of taste, um, my energy levels, my thought processes. It, the medication does affect your cognitive function. And I often used to joke, I'd say to people, I said, you know, the one great thing about being stupid is that you probably don't know it. But that's, that's <laughs> worse. <laughs> What's worse is... When you know you're not stupid and suddenly your brain just can't think. I, oh. Everything is a blur. So mm. it's the one thing that I just found is allowing myself the time to take one day at a time. If I could do something, I could do something. And if I couldn't do something, I had the luxury of choice where I just didn't put that pressure on myself. But mm -hmm. it is a, the medication is very subtle. It but it affects everything. And the one physical thing that I noticed very quickly, I've always been physically active. I used to be a fitness instructor. I would go for an hour and a half long walk every single morning with my dumbbells. That was my favorite exercise. And I just thought, you know, cancer, you always hear life goes on. And I thought, well, cancer is not gonna change my day-to-day -day routine. Within three days of doing my meds, I couldn't walk to the car, let alone walk around the block. Um, and then because you're not exercising, your appetite and your diet changes, and maybe you're not eating the way you used to or as healthily as what you could, so it affects everything else. Um, honestly, and I, I did share this on Facebook, but I remember when I was in the radiation clinic, they had this wonderful montage on the wall of a thousand mirror pieces hanging from Macramie. I can't describe it, but it was just a thousand pieces of mirrors. And I remember looking at it and I couldn't, I could see parts of myself, but not all of myself. And I just thought, well, that's a that is a metaphor for my life. I literally mm. feel as though I've been broken into a thousand pieces. Um, sure. Yeah, and I'm not even being dramatic. <laughs> no, no, I think you're explaining it so well, Edward. I'm sure there's so many people who are listening right now and they're thinking, yeah, that's that's how I feel. That's my experience. And so I suppose the next question would be, how are you with gathering those pieces? I mean, do you have the energy? Have you started? Um, how how are you yeah, feeling about this moment now and, and moving forward? And and the, the Edward from a year ago and, and the Edward today? You know, there are two different people 
between who I was a year ago and who I am today. I can't even begin to describe how my outlook and my priorities have changed over the last 12 months. And I can't say I'm succeeding at putting all the pieces back together again. The only thing that I told myself, because I realized very quickly, life is not going to be the same. Um, like talking about can't walk around the block, let alone make it to the car. Um, when your sense of smell changes and your sense of taste, so even the small little things that I used to take pleasuring. I used to tell my husband, I said, I've got two taste sensations, bland and salty. So either there's not enough salt or there's too much salt. Um, from the minute I woke up until the minute I could go to sleep, if I could fall asleep, I mean, everything changes. And I just had this realization where I told myself, I thought, you can't fight cancer and you can't compete with cancer because it is so sneaky and underhanded. So I thought, if you can't make it to the kitchen, that's fine. You will make it to the bathroom. And if you don't feel like having a shower or bathing, you don't have to have a bath or a shower. And if you can't answer an email, you don't have to answer an email. So I just gave myself permission to do what I can when I can do it and try to maintain the most positive frame of mind that I could. So I didn't allow my, I mean, obviously you, you can be tempted to indulge in self-pity. I just told myself, we're going to give ourselves a year. Cancer can do whatever it wants. We'll pick up the pieces after a year. So it's Christmas and New Year, so I'll begin my New Year's resolutions in 2024. Um, but that I found was a big blessing because I found a lot of people gave a lot of unsolicited advice in terms of what you must do, mm -hmm. supplements you must take, diets you must take, that you must follow, people you must talk to, things you must do. It is overwhelming. And I know people mean well, but you get all this advice coming from nowhere. Um, take mega doses of certain vitamins, drink your own urine, get rid of your cat. All sorts of, I just told myself, I'm not allowing any external influences to change the pathway that I'm meant to follow. I had really great medical advice and that's what I followed. Hmm. Wow, wow, that in itself sounds like quite a journey, Edward. Well, you know, as you said, you get through Christmas, it's going to be a different Christmas to the Christmas last year, the, before, the Christmas, you know, as you said, having to get through it, knowing the diagnosis and now knowing that your treatment is over, just got some tests and um, 2024, the gathering of the pieces and the the recreation of something pretty exciting and pretty wonderful. So Edward, I thank you so much for joining us on the show today for explaining your journey um, so well and so clearly and eloquently. And as I said, you know, in stories that we share, we connect, we realize we're not alone. Um, and so thank you so much and just wishing you good health and vitality. Please God, the best results um, when you get them next year and looking forward to chatting again and hearing about exciting things that you're doing. I look forward to that. And thank you for such an inspirational channel. I hope, I know people hopefully have heard and they listen and they take heed. They do. They do, Edward. So thank you. Thank you for your time, for, for sharing it with, 
with the audience. We appreciate it. Take care. Bye. God bless. Thank you. Bye. Thanks, Edward. Bye-bye. Edward Chamberlain, Chamberlain Bell. Um, as I said, Edward is a content creator, radio presenter as well, restaurant promoter. He was on Come Dine With Me in The Ultimate Bry Master. And uh, yeah, and, and what a story. What a story. 